You're listening to the Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and we welcome onto the show Ibontis, a YouTuber and podcaster. He actually has a podcast of his own in Destiny called The Last Word Podcast, and we welcome him today. We're going to talk about the future of Destiny 2. We're going to talk about Solstice of Heroes that's out right now. And we're going to talk about this week at Bungie that came out this past Thursday. And we're going to get started right now. So, Guardians, first up, I want to welcome Shadow Price to the show. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, uh, considering how early it is and everything. Um, it's, you know, been been an interesting week. I didn't get a chance to play as much Destiny as I would like to, because just uh, I, our overtime kicked in. So I put in like 14 hours of overtime over the weekend and just been kind of, you know, plugging away at that, but found some time to squeeze in here so we could uh, talk some destiny and everything. So, Yeah, it's it's great to to be here today to talk about a lot of really cool things that we did learn about in destiny. And there's a lot of really cool things to look forward to in the next week. We're going to get some new information from Bungie about a lot of really cool things that we are going to learn about uh, regarding the future of Destiny this fall. And Ibantis, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you on, finally. Well, thank you for having me, sir. Glad to be here. Not as early for me, but I also didn't work 14 hours this weekend, so that's probably a little different. Uh, but all in all, yeah, just kind of a good morning. Got up, had breakfast, I'm ready to go, and just, I can always talk about Destiny, so that's an easy one. So when you said, uh, if you want to come on, I was very happy to do so. So thank you for the invite, the honor is mine. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's a huge pleasure to have you on and to talk about Destiny, and you are one of the more active content creators in our community you have a youtube channel that you've been building up for the last three years and you create very high quality destiny content on your channel and also you have a podcast of your own and you guys have done 60 some episodes correct yep yeah we just finished 68 on friday and we started at probably the worst time to do it, but I'm glad we're still going. <laughs> we started right in January of like Curse of Osiris. So it was, would probably be our first episode. So that was uh, an interesting time for the game, but it's kind of cool to think of where we are now versus where we were. You jumped right into the fire, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were like, hey, let's talk about this game everybody hates. Sure, this is going to go well. <laughs> there's, there's a few things that have been fixed since then but it's been a fun journey i mean destiny one all the way through now has been um it's been quite a journey from the alpha and 
story and then destiny 2's launch and forsaken and it's been really fun to see the journey it has its ups and downs but it's been really cool to to be part of this thing since the beginning it's kind of funny we started the polar opposite and basically we, we had our pilot episode at like the day that bungie split from activision and everything so oh it was it was interesting like we were able to like build off of that basically and now like we're heading for some pretty exciting times like this upcoming week is going to be pretty exciting i'm i'm looking forward to it like we're going to get that you know that big piece from luke smith and we're going to get the the stream the reveal stream of armor 2.0 and everything it's i'm looking forward to that yeah and we're going to talk all about that on the show uh but before we dive into that I do want to remind our listeners that you can find the Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, Apple, and all of your favorite streaming apps. We are also on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash the Destiny Show. And you can find us on Twitter on our new home, Destiny Show P.O.D. And uh, make sure to also check out our good friends at Robots Radio Network. They create amazing shows and uh, amazing podcasts. So do make sure to check them out if you like shows like Fallout and uh, Skyrim. They have the Fallout Lorecast, Hidden Pixels Podcast, and the weekly Robots Roundtable that uh, is live every Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, so I will be on their show later on today as well. Um, but we're here to talk about Destiny, and we're here to learn about Ibantis. So let's get started by having our discussion with the Guardians, and we're going to put Ibantis on the hot seat tonight to learn more about Ibantis, what he does in our community, and we'll be taking your questions live on the show. So, Ibantis, are you ready? Because we're about to put you on the hot seat. I think, I think I can handle it. Yeah, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Awesome. Let's get started. So, the first question we have for you is, how did you get started playing Destiny? How did, all, how did the journey start for you? Uh, I got to... I mean, playing Destiny started from the alpha, but it really was just... I mean, playing video games for most of my life. Um, at least as long as I can remember. So I've been playing games for a while, of course, played Halo off and on throughout multiple releases and things like that. And then the big space shared shooter from Bungie had to try it. So I uh, got a chance to get into the alpha, definitely got hooked. I mean, coming from World of Warcraft and Diablo and looting type games, adding looting and shooting together seemed like a very cool thing. Um, and honestly, been playing since the alpha and I've been hooked since. So it's really just been a chance to kind of marry a couple of genres that I enjoy. Because, I mean, if you play enough, you probably played some shooters in your life between Call of Duties and Halos. And those have always been fun. But then you add a little more depth to it with the character building uh, armor and weapons and leveling and things like that. It's been kind of a nice um, marriage of the two that I have played a lot of between RPGs and shooters. So. It's been yeah, nice to get into something like that, and I've been kind of hooked since. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, like the marriage of those two genres, you know, the shooter and the looter, and RPG and everything. You know, it's like it, it was just seeing how 
awesome everything was like in the beginning like vanilla destiny for me was just like it was it was a highlight like for me of like gaming because just experiencing all the worlds and the new loot and everything like the loot was special and that's what kind of hooked me the loot the the worlds and and the music and everything you know those were the those are the three things and oh and, my, and the friends the social interactions yep that was kind of the, the icing on top always is playing this with friends is usually better but some have fallen off over the years but it's always still you know nice to always usually be able to find some more mm-hmm. yeah and you know the one thing for me with destiny that i really enjoy and appreciate is how deeply integrated pv pve is with pvp and how everything just comes together in the perfect way and we can kind of see that today with how useful weapons like mountaintop is in regular pve activities and it's it's awesome how everything just comes together in the perfect way whereas with other games i feel like the pvp is kind of segmented from pve and pve almost becomes kind of an afterthought like with the call of duty franchise where it's like if you're going to play the game most likely the hardcore players don't really play the campaign they're going to go and play the pvp aspect of the game and not really focus so much on the pve and i like how destiny brings all of those things together to give you more depth and give you uh, more meaning behind the activities that you're playing. Yeah, it was an interesting evolved like form for them. Like as with the Halo games, like you, you kill an enemy, they drop a weapon, you know, and then you'll same thing. You pick up those weapons in PvP. Like there's like a place for the shotgun, there's a place for the grab hammer, for the rocket launcher, the sniper rifle, and so on. But Destiny, you know, you kill an enemy, they drop an engram which would become a weapon. So it was kind of the evolved version of what they had before. And then just be able to take those right into PvP, you know, seamlessly and everything. Now, you know, sometimes it creates a little bit of, you know, drama and whatnot, you know, because sometimes those weapons can be considered OP. But, you know, I think they've navigated the waters pretty good, though. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Ibantis, um, yes. next question for you. And by the way, for our chat, if you do have a question for Ibantis, please type it in the chat box, and we will be answering your questions live throughout our discussion with the Guardians. So, Ibantis, what do you do as a content creator in Destiny? Um, probably what I would say is, at least what I seem to have more success at, uh, have been guides and solo guides through activities and i i think i talked about this on one other show is kind of my my challenge initially for me at first was hey can i do a nightfall by myself because originally in destiny one nightfalls for one were a pain in the butt there was no matchmaking and you know things like extinguish were pretty much always active so if you died you were going back to orbit so there was challenges with just trying to finish those first and then i was like hey if i can finish these by myself can i actually show others how to do that as well. And that's kind of been one of those things that I like to do is I want to show a lot of people that they can do things that they think they might not be able to do otherwise. Um, When it comes to Nightfalls, whether it was the Whisper mission, um, whether it was just trying to get ready for a raid, I even went through and showed how you can do 
basically you can practice the entire Cali fight by yourself and understand what your part of is going to be. So then if you go into a group, you're going to be at least ready for that first one. And then you could be like, hey, I think I can do this first fight. Might need some help in the second one. But the places where I can at least explain things, take the time to go through Shattered Throne, similar thing. I love Shattered Throne. One of my favorites. Um, so all of those things where I can show people who may not have anybody like on their friends list, somebody may be playing at a weird time, just a lot of solo play. So if people want to try something on their own, they can, or if they just use my guide to go help with their friends, it's still beneficial there. So just trying to get people through content they might not otherwise think is going to be something to do. At least what I try and do. Yeah, that's, yes, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Now, what was the most challenging activity that you played in Destiny to date? Um, probably sweating the most just for the length of it was like solo flawless Shattered Throne. That was rough. Um, Niobe Labs. Niobe Labs I didn't do. I, well, I was through like, first day it was up, I got through like four pieces. Um, I don't think actually ever finished the whole puzzle for it i went back and did some of it later so it's been done in pieces but yeah i mean hardest piece like i haven't done like the raid races as much i mean i've done the raids but i haven't pushed hard to like hey i'm figuring out like the vault next to people on the first day no that one, i was not there i don't wow. have it. how about year one skull loss oh god <laughs> no actually <laughs> I, I will say that. what that was for sure a pain in the butt but i can remember um like shield brothers i figured out how i could mess with the two bosses so that one actually got to be okay but it was a terrible week on the fallen saber strike and oh my god but yeah the bubble like like trying to like uh secure that uh warsat or whatever yep yeah that was that was the brutal one and i did it and whatever the modifiers were one week and i did i did it with my titan and put up a video and i was like i never asked the person to do this we're like hey if you do this on your hunter i'll delete my kid they were going to delete something. I was like, no, no, don't do that. But I ended up like, I didn't catch the comment. But then I posted up the video later on the Hunter. I was like, okay, I just want to see if I can do this. And it was just brutal. And I finally got the thing posted up and they sent me a GIF later of them like deleting a weapon or something like that. I was like, you did not have to do that. But, you know, at least I held to their word. But yeah, it was a combination of modifiers. The, the war sat on the Fallen Saber Stark on my Hunter was probably one of the more head bashing things I've done for sure. I mean, I've died so many times to Vorgath and the Shattered Throne by myself that not something I should be proud of. But yeah, it's been, it's just trying to do things like that. I mean, if I spend hours and hours trying to do any specific thing and then I can put up a video that hopefully guides somebody through my lessons learned or what, but loadout is better. Hey, this gun isn't quite what I was hoping it was. Just learning those lessons through my struggles hopefully help us journey a little easier. And now, in terms of your uh, podcast, uh, do you want to tell our audience a little bit about your podcast and what that's about and how you guys got started? Um, yeah, so I do a podcast called The Last Word with Lord Cognito, and he actually does a podcast, uh, Iron Lord's podcast, so he's actually probably going to be, not this weekend, but he usually records his on Sunday as well. They're East Coast, actually close up to you guys in New Jersey. Um, I met him at Guardian Con, and it was the first one at the Tampa Fairgrounds, I think, because there was the first one at the Sweaty Bar or whatever they always joke about. And then it was the second year that I yeah, went to. That's the one I was at, 2016. It was, called, it was still called Destiny Con, I believe. Yep, yeah, it was Destiny Con then. So, yeah, I was there. 
Yep, I was there and too. Actually, I had my business cards. I was passing them out. He was actually doing the same thing. We bumped into each other a couple times, just kind of stayed in touch. And then kind of looking for, um, we both had the idea, you know, we're thinking about doing a podcast. I think he reached out to me because like, he was like, hey, remember, it's like, do you want to actually do a podcast? And we kind of started at the worst time during Curse of Osiris when a lot of people had fallen off with, you know, kind of decent reason. But we jumped into it then and it's been going since. So we've had some fun guests on there and we always just kind of mix it up. We have an oddball recording time. So we do like Friday mornings, which is not bad because um, he works night shift and I work kind of usually during the day and it's kind of a a way for us with our schedules to fit it in, but it's actually pretty close to when um, this week at Bungie comes out. So we can be somewhat up to date with that. Uh, but yeah, we're just, we've, we have a lot of fun doing our podcast and as you guys do, it's just, we enjoy the game. We're passionate about the game. So when you can talk about this game for a couple hours on end, you know, you've, you've spent way too much time playing it and also probably have uh, a whole lot of opinions about it after this much, this, this many hours in the game. Yeah, definitely. And I think podcasting is the perfect medium to get a chance to talk about something that you enjoy in depth and being able to invite guests and hang out with individuals who have different thoughts and opinions on various different topics and destiny. It's really cool to be able to do that. And uh, that's been a very rewarding experience for myself personally since we started podcasting. And um, it's it's a great platform to have because I feel that oftentimes you're in the middle of something or even if you're playing a game, whatever you may be doing, you don't always have the time to watch something, but you definitely have the time to listen. And I actually find myself very interestingly like watching YouTube videos on my smartphone because I'm out on a walk and I would watch these videos well, I should say I would listen to the video, not necessarily watch. And uh, I think it's a very easy way to consume content. And it's a very effective way to um, be able to talk about something in depth. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think it was maybe Guardian Radio. Well, it was actually my first podcast that I listened to. And then since then, I I listened to so many podcasts and they were one of the reasons we were lucky enough to actually have Mark on kind of around the time that I think they were wrapping up theirs um, and even told him that. And he was, and that's one of the things that he's said that he's enjoyed is his ability. And he's done podcasts for a long time and just watching more and more people getting to podcast, something that he enjoys watching because as you said, it's a really, it's a fun medium. I like the long form podcast because you get deeper into conversations. Uh, it's not just like sound bites and stuff like that, that you have in kind of like a tonight show or something, which still love those shows, but I like the, what you can do with a podcast. It's, it's a unique medium. Yeah. We were also influenced by guardian radio and, uh, plant destiny podcast. Like, I think I listened to those at the same time when I first started listening to destiny podcast. I can't remember which one I listened to first, but I was already listening to life life's videos and everything. So it was, yeah. See, I, I started by listening to, uh, fire team chat. That was the first one. I remember like the OG fire team chat with Destin and Fran and uh, Jose back yep. in the early oh, days. Oh, yeah. I think I've watched every one of those. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of what 
sparked my interest in podcasting, just like watching Fireteam chat talk about Destiny. And I'm like, you know, I really wish I can have a platform where I can talk about Destiny because we play the game a lot. Like we've put in at least six, seven thousand hours into the game between Destiny One and Destiny Two. So it's a game that we really enjoyed playing for a really long time. And we've wanted to have a platform to talk about it because we would literally talk about talk Destiny about almost time. on a daily basis, yeah. right? We talk would about always it talk about all Destiny. the time. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, and and um speaking of Fire Team Chat, congrats to CJ Gibson for landing. I know, I saw job. that video job at Bungie. That's awesome. We had CJ on the show about two months ago. So it's it's amazing what he's able, you know, to accomplish the his second dream, basically. So shout outs to uh CJ Gibson. Yeah, we caught up with him at Guardian Con. Ultra nice guy, always been fun to watch on the show. And so nice. So not, nice. Like, just like taking the time, chatting it up with us. Lord Cognito had met him once or twice, but like I think at a previous Guardian Con because they were joking about using controllers on PC or something. And but no, <laughs> they were they were he's a he's a great guy. And that like if he's gonna leave Fireteam Chat, he couldn't he couldn't have a better place to go next, like to be in this world. So that was huge shout out to him doing what he doing what he get, wants to do and now going to I mean you, the dream, like, hey, I got to work at IGN. It's like, okay, dream number two, going to Bungie. It's like going I'm to not sure where I was like, he's only going up, it seems. So no, he's definitely exactly. fun and on like and their last their app last episode it was friday and i listened to it and man it was all those guys they spend so much time together they play together him and teddy and like even the ones who aren't still there like sean and steven and all those you and met fran. steven at, yep and fran was yep. there we met half of those guys at guardian con and they're just like back in the middle of it when you know like they weren't even gone it's like their friendship and everything that they give each other a hard time but they're so close and stuff it's like that's it's really cool to watch what um, just the journey that all of those have gone through. And while they may not have the same like staff there that started it, it's, it's a definitely a high quality show that I think everybody in the community respects. Yeah. I met Fran and Destin when I went to uh, destiny con back in 2016, which is now guarding con, which is now something else. What is it? The gaming. I, I don't know what they've renamed it. To, uh, GCX. But... Yeah. GCX yeah. event. So gaming community expo. Yeah, I talked to Fran for about 15 minutes. Me and him, like, we had a beer together and everything. So, was it at the wing was, place? Like the, um... Um, it was at the uh, karaoke bar. Oh, <laughs> I, I, met, I met both of them that night at, like, it was the wing place that was, like, I across did meet, from the fairgrounds. Yes. Yeah. I did meet Destin at the wing place the night before, though. So, it was. I was probably yeah. in the same damn room with you then a couple times, it seems like. I'm sure, yeah. yeah there was tons of yeah. people in there. Yeah. I yeah. saw yeah. Belt Bunny there. I saw. I yep. saw. I want to say I saw Fall Plays there and everything too. And it was, yeah. It was, it was, a, it was really cool. Yeah. And it's, that's the thing about this community that has been always continually impressive is just the general positive nature of everybody in it. I don't see a whole lot of toxicity there's not a whole lot of down talking everybody's usually supportive and growing and helpful and i think that's been a rare thing that destiny has done and shout out to bungie for somehow i don't know what magic they put into this thing but it's been mostly much more positive i mean people give each other razzes and jokes and stuff but in general um it's never been like a community that's gone down or gone toxic or anything it's always stayed awesome and then what guardian con has done um 
for the charity too. That just blows me away. So it's, it's an amazing community. It's got the bungee magic in it, you know, just like you said, like, I mean, I don't know if they envisioned this to, to, for it to be like this, but you know, being Jason Jones, who he was, I watched a documentary in back, you know, when he first started uh bungee back in 1991 and he just, just a really like comedic person basically who just loved like, video games and comedy and everything, you know, they're just, they have such a sense of humor at Bungie, but they're also, they're just so, you know, thoughtful and, you know, they're heartwarming people, you know, they're just, they're really down to earth, great people and very smart and intelligent. Oh yeah. There, there's some smart cookies up there. They're, they're really passionate about what they do. They're, they love the game. They want the game to be better. And I've never, met a community overall that's so passionate about the game they play and destiny brings people together in such a way like nobody else does whether it be through crowdfunding and raising money for different charities three million dollars for um, yeah. St. Jude's. yeah no it's and and what they did with destiny con that was renamed to guardian con it's amazing how the community comes together in such a big way and uh, that's the one thing that I really love and appreciate about Destiny, that the, the, the whole community comes together in a really awesome way to, to do great things, to support each other, and to enjoy the game that we love to play. Indeed. So, Ibantis, next question for you. How have you been enjoying Destiny 2 this year? with? the uh, your annual pass <laughs> it's been <clears throat> it's been an interesting season uh or interesting year of seasons i should say forsaken obviously nailed it out of the park i mean forsaken was absolutely amazing where you get hey tangled shore and barons and what's this old tease at the end we get the king city and we get our first dungeon last wish parade is crazy intricate and the lore and the three-week cycle and it's like okay you guys did amazing um, and then we got Black Armory, which was, um, for me, like I enjoyed the kind of idea of Black Armory, but I wish there was a little more variation to some of the forges because you get like the first one, you're like, okay, we're throwing balls. Cool. Second one. Okay. We're generally still in arena throwing balls. I was just hoping as they progressed, especially at least like Bruzia, there might be a little variation to those. I know the weapon type, like the enemies would vary. Um, but overall they're still. It's fun content. I like how they evolved the bounties where you could like just enough, nothing else having the bounties where you could go after a specific weapon. That was a huge thing to be having some direction to what you want to go for. Um, Drifter had some major ups and downs for a lot of people. Um, it really depends on if you like Gambit. Um, but for me, it was more, I really love the idea of like armor sets. That's something from other games that I've waited for them to implement. But as it is so like tiny focused in the game for just Gambit Prime, I really wish they had opened that up. And then um, this year, like Manette, and then <clears throat> excuse me, Menagerie just kind of brought all of what they learned over the course of the past year for hey, choosing what do you want to grind for? Well, I'm going to have my chalice. I'm going to go for this hand cannon that coming from Black Armory, and then actually getting like the new armor set as well that we get in there and the new mods that they've been involving over time. Like it's been kind of a nice culmination throughout the year 
as it's been building towards Season of Opulence and what I hope now for Shadowkeep is absolutely amazing. So, I mean, for me, everything has had fun in certain places. Um, I mean, probably for me, what I really enjoy the most are some of the secret things. Um, Shattered Throne was absolutely amazing. Whisper just before that was still another one as well. Zero Hour, absolutely. Yep. So all of those pieces and like the exotic quests and those types of things have been kind of some of the ones that speak more to me specifically for what I do, just as more solo content creators when it's like whether, you know, solo Bad Juju or solo Zero or Whisper or Shattered Throne, those things that I can go through and kind of methodically pick apart and build a guide for. And those have been some of my favorite pieces for sure. I mean, the raids have been really cool. I like the themes to them. Uh, Last Wish, I still think just like, set the bar so high because of how it connected. It was a culmination of the entire Forsaken story. It's got Aldrin, you know, kind of got his little takenness to him, and then he goes and unlocks the Dreaming City, and the Queen is not the Queen, and then we have the build, and then we have Riven and the three-week cycle, and that whole thing has been... I mean, I can't think of a game that's put that like full-scale like start a campaign mission, end in a raid. Like They did that so well. I mean, the last time they did that, and that's why one of my other favorite raids is Taken King... Because it had the eight missions that led up to Regicide, and then you think you get Oryx, but then he comes back crazy huge, and he's here because we killed his son. And where you have the connection, this is something I've talked about on ours too, because I know Cognito and a couple other people he knows, the raids always seem like to be some of the best when they have the connection with the lore and the story and the campaign, and when they, when they have the connections in there, as opposed to here's an arbitrary raid. I mean, raids are always awesome. The content's really cool, but when it connects to what you've done before, that's been like some of the most enjoyable as well. So sorry, that was a very long-winded answer, but there's a lot of stuff in the past year. That's why I'm so excited for the uh, Garden of Salvation, uh, the new raid that's coming with Shadowkeep, um, just because we're going to be going back to that familiar place, you know, in the Black Garden and everything, where we, the last story mission of, Destiny One, where we destroyed the the Black Heart. Um, so it's interesting to see how that area is going to be evolved, and you know we're going to have these Vex invasions that are going to take place, like during Shadowkeep too. So they're, they're not only are we going to have the you know with the uh, on the moon with the fortress and these new nightmares and things like that, we're going to also have the Vex also playing a part again. You know so. They're definitely building towards something and everything. Oh, I know. I'm so curious how they, because there's one screenshot of like the vec, the black gate or the, or it's whatever the gate was from Mars that took you to the black garden. There's like a picture of a similar vex gate somewhere on the moon or somewhere in all this like Vidoc footage that people have snapped out. And I'm really curious if they tie in somehow with all these nightmares and there's something behind it. And there's this like vex. I don't know. I'm really, really curious how, yeah, how, what they do with the story this year. So and they I'm quite excited. Hinting at the darkness and they're saying the darkness is closer than you think, you know? So it's, yeah, it's definitely building towards that. Yeah. I'm definitely expecting something big to happen in terms of the plot and the storyline with destiny this fall. And I think returning characters like Eris Morn into the game and bringing back the moon that's going to be a really big deal for the game 
in the next year. I think that this expansion will be probably as significant as what Forsaken was to Destiny 2, right? Because the mod system is changing pretty substantially this fall, and there's a lot of things that Bungie is doing to the game that's going to improve it. And even last week, we had Red Queen on the show, and she attended the Bungie Summit. And it was interesting because you could tell that a lot of the things that we want as a community were, they're going to bring that into the game. And, and she was very excited about everything that we're getting this fall. So it's interesting to see what happens next in, in storyline, but also in terms of the features that we want with the game, the replayability. And you're right, I think that the darkness is going to play a big part in all of this. Yeah, I'm very curious what they do. Now, we do have a question from our audience member, and Dano wants to know <laughs> tacos versus burritos. Who wins? Generally, I got to go tacos just because the versatility. Kind tacos, of an easy one. Yeah. yeah. I like the crunch. I'm, I'm a fan of the, the crunch. Oh, I'm, yeah. I don't even do that anymore. I haven't had a hard taco in a long time. I mean, they're still good, but now I've got a place near me called Torchy's Tacos. Really good stuff. Um, but yeah, just tacos have so much more variety personally. I'm not saying you can't put what you want to in a burrito, but tacos are easy. You can get like two or three different ones, have some variety on your plate. It's not just one big giant burrito. So tacos, I think, wins that one for. Yeah, we have $1 taco Tuesdays at this uh, Mexican restaurant right down the road. And um, oh, that's yeah, trouble. They're good sized tacos, too. They're not these like little ones you get at Taco Bell. They're, they're, they're good size. So you get like three of those and you're good to go. I'm See, I'm kind of torn on this. Because oh. I, I really like tacos. And if you've never had shrimp tacos, oh man, you're missing out. There's some bomb tacos. Brisket tacos? <clears throat> oh, wow. That sounds amazing, too. Yeah, living down here in Texas, that'll have more. Mm, now you're making me hungry, and it's like breakfast time. So... I think for me, I would probably have to say it depends on whether or not I'm really hungry. If I'm really hungry, I'm probably going to opt for a burrito because you can put more stuff into a burrito. Uh, and it's just like one thing that I can just eat. I was thinking of a burrito at Moe's because he had like oh, these. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Burritos Dude, from I had. Okay, so. I went to Moe's the other day, and I kid you not, they literally made the biggest burrito that I ever had in my life. I think it was about th at least three pounds. Like, I feel like they gave me a triple portion of everything from rice to chicken to onions and guacamole and everything. It was so amazing. So, so good. How many uh how many meals did that take to for you to finish it? It pretty much made up uh for lunch and dinner because there was no way I was able to finish that burrito in one sitting. Yeah, that is the benefit of burritos. You usually get a, ra a second round coming later unless you're crazy hungry. Yeah. So I think I would have to say 
burritos, but it, it does depend because I love tacos. And also, depends on where it's made, right? Well, like the thing taco with tacos, bells? they don't heat yeah. up well. Like, tacos don't heat back up well. So if you yeah. don't finish it, like, yeah, don't count on heating one back up because it's just not going to taste good. But I feel like yeah. I would feel really weird heating up a burrito also because you put, like, vegetables in it. And heating up vegetables, eh, kind of weird. I don't know. And like uh, sour cream and guacamole. Yeah, you don't want to heat up lettuce. That's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. You guys are making me hungry today. Wow. I I might have to go and get a burrito (laughs) for tacos later. You may have decided my dinner, but we'll see if I can be, uh, if I can avoid the craving. (laughs) <laughs> TBD <laughs> so the next question we have for you Bontis is what are you most excited about for Destiny 2 this fall for me it's what we're getting to, to, we get to hear about on Wednesday Armor 2.0 has got to be the biggest thing for me um, just the idea of for one it basically gets us into transmog so we get an idea of looking somewhat how we want to and still picking our abilities and not having to completely wait for that perfect role that goes with that set that looks quite right. All those things kind of get to be a little more piecemeal where we get to, hey, I want to look like this, but hopefully, and this is all speculation just from what we've seen, but it's like, hopefully we can look how we want and then pick the modifications for the armor we want to put in there. I don't know how the leveling is going to work, but... I mean, I have a lot more. The more I think about Armor 2.0, the more questions I keep coming up with in my head. But I'm still most excited about that probably more than anything else. The moon's cool. Like, definitely want to see what the heck they do with the the Black Garden and the Shadowkeep Castle. And the moon's just an awesome destination. But all of that with armor is like armor's the big thing. So that's like my number one probably pretty easily. What about you guys? I think for me, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty easy way to answer that. Uh, I would say Eris Morn and going to the moon. I think there's something very special about being able to go back to a place that's so like comfortable that you remember from one of my favorite times in Destiny. I think the Taken King was uh, a big expansion. Not Taken King, I'm sorry, the Dark Below. That was a big expansion for me. It was one of my favorites and being able to have Eris Morn return and to see how the story evolves and progresses. And also the idea of going to the Black Garden and the nightmares of all the returning enemies that we fought from the past. Like That's really exciting for me. That's that's very nostalgic and very special. And to be able to play that in Destiny 2 in 140 frames on PC it's amazing. That's why I'm trying to get my monitor. Like I'm trying to get my 1440p 144 hertz monitor before Shadowkeep and everything. <laughs> and I was kind of torn because I like there's this deal for like an LG one for like 299. That's a 32 inch, and I'm just like, man, I wanted to get it, but I'm like thinking ah, there might be a better deal between now and then. But I don't know. I might cave and get it anyways. Because yeah, I, I want to experience that. You know that familiar place in like high high frame rate and everything and yeah my answer is both uh, armor 2.0 and like just going back to the moon air and 
my card in. So yeah, I'm cheating. I'm taking that as an answer. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just gonna do both. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just excited for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2.0 though. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for the armor. How that's we're gonna be able to slaughter mods in. How we're gonna be able to you know just look the way we want and you know be able to just play the way we want and how you know they're going to bring the intellect strength and discipline back too and that's going to you know be all together with the mobility and you know the other two that i can't think of at this moment recovery yeah recovery. and resilience yeah so having all the stats and be able to apply the mods and it's look the way we want that's really cool like and like i'm really excited for that wednesday stream so yeah, I cannot wait to talk about what's coming next and to see how Destiny changes because we know it's going to be a big change for the game. They came out and said Destiny is going to be a much more MMORPG-focused game. So I, I want to see what levels of depth we're going to have in the game and how things change and how things evolve in the destiny universe and let's not forget this is going to be the very first time that bungie releases content in destiny as its own publisher and developer and it's it's going to be interesting to see how a bungie controlled destiny can look like and I'm I'm very excited for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean it's looking forward to. I mean they're they're one of the bigger indie studios now, which sounds ridiculous to say that word, but I mean they're an independent studio, and as they said in the Vidoc, it's exciting and terrifying at the same time because it is all on their shoulders. They get to make their choices. They have to pay their own bills, and they have to figure out the way to balance that. But then we also have people. When I'm like, hey, do I really want to buy these glows? Well, I know it all goes to Bungie, so I feel better about, you know, supporting the company that I know makes this awesome game, as opposed to them splitting it with Activision, for example. It's just it, some of those decisions may get easier for some people, which hopefully helps them out, on top of them putting out good content. Because if I'm going to spend 20 bucks and buy silver, I know I have a better idea where it's going now, which I do like. Yeah, Absolutely. right to right to Bungie. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way, and like I don't mind supporting Bungie financially if it if the money's going to a good cause to help make the game better. Uh, for example, when they came out with the Whisper mission, guess what? I bought the skin for that weapon, not because it's something I needed or had to have, but for me personally. I feel that they built something so awesome with the Whisper mission and the Outbreak mission that I wanted to support them. And if it means throwing five, seven bucks at them to say, hey, you guys did an awesome job, that's all for the better to help make our game better. Yeah, those are the easy ones too. Shout out to Brandon Thorne, by the way. Met him at Guardian Con. He's the artist of Shattered Throne and the Zero Mission. The dude is awesome to talk to, but man, the work. Like, if you check out his art station, man, he's talented. Yeah. Yeah, Bungie has some very talented uh, graphics designers and musicians and 
developers who make such an amazing game. Um, yeah, the skybox is like the art, the sound, the way the guns feel. I just want to walk around the entire studio and shake their hand and be like, all of you guys crushed it. Every single one. Like, there's so many aspects of this game. And the way they put it all together every time just still kind of blows me away when you sit there and like look at what you're playing. I'm like, yeah, you guys did really, really good. To a, to a level very few people hit. Yeah, and just be able to upkeep the game, you know, just like this is a live game, you know, and it's like they're continuing to build, you know, like in the, while we're playing the game, you know, and it's it's hard sometimes. Some people don't have the most patience, you know, when it comes and they don't completely understand that, you know, they're they're building this as we're playing it and everything, you know. It's like some things take time. We can't expect them to happen right away, but I think just I think they're able to they're able to com combat that better though. I feel like now, you know, and it's like I'm gonna be really interested to read Luke Smith's director's cut. Like, you know, it's gonna have a part one and part two, and there's gonna be a lot of information in that. He said it's gonna be eight pages long, the first part alone. I know so, I'm dying to read that. I cannot wait to see like just even get a glimpse into. It's their journey they've been through in this last year of going yeah, what, independent, how the seasons have gone. Like, there's so much that they can talk about. What other publisher or developer does that? You know, I can't think of one. Who, like, you've you got, you know, this is, he's basically going to Jason Schreier, like, this. You know, he's basically going to tell us a lot of things that went on and what happened with, you know, why they made this decision. You know, why, you know, what what they were thinking at the time and where they want the game to head towards yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a deep dive read i'm gonna like pick that i'm just like every word is gonna be so good no that's i when you said it was that long i was like that's amazing keep it coming <laughs> i was like i'll read a book about destiny it would not bother me one bit. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. No, so absolutely. the fall is yeah so the fall is exciting, exciting and, times ahead. indeed for sure and now, to move away from Destiny for just a little bit, <clears throat> Ibantis, you've been on YouTube for three years. You've been creating content for quite some time. Now, what's the journey like to be a YouTuber? What were some challenges that you faced along the way? Did you have any times that were really difficult for you as you made content? What would you say are some of your challenges? Uh, I mean, it's probably what anybody's faced is to be, and I'm in the level of I'm, I'm doing okay. Like I've had a couple, couple big boost moments and I have one video that went absolutely bonkers because I think all the stars aligned, but generally for any of this, there is, there's a lot of content creators and I'm not going to claim to be even that I'm not that big. Um, so to get you know, the next break or get a nice influx in subs can come from pretty much anywhere. You never know. I mean, there's, I worked on, I still remember when I was working on like my first hundred subs or so that I was trying to get to. And, you know, then you do this. And then I did like a little giveaway. I did break over a hundred and then just kind of working really slow, like kind of doing your own thing. And it is a very, it's a slow grind for anybody who does it, for anybody who tries it, starts it or otherwise. Somebody could make be making the same exact video that I do, 
and I could have 5,000 views, they could have 100, or you know, somebody who does a video similar to me could have 100,000 views. It's from the audience that you've got, it's the content that you release, it's if YouTube feels like shining on your video that day. I mean, there are so many factors that go into it. You do see there is a lot of, there is, there's a lot of hard work that goes into any of the channels. And I will say it changes your perspective, like your time when you're playing a game, when you're, when I'm like, hey, should I be recording this to make it as a video? Or do I just want, or do I just want to sit there and play a game? Or should I be recording? Should I be streaming? Should I be doing something else to help continue to build my channel, my channel, anything? Or can I just sit back and kind of just play this for fun? And it kind of changes your mentality about stuff too. Because if you're going through and playing and having fun, you feel like in the back of your mind, you could be doing something else. Or if you take a break and you don't have video scheduled, you're like, I'm missing out on time that I could be posting something up. I should have worked harder to put some videos like scheduled at least something while I was gone for a week's vacation. So people don't forget about me. Um, it is one of those things that just kind of makes you change your perspective in how you play. That's why sometimes if I'm out of town and I do have one or two things scheduled and I take my switch and I'm just like playing a game, it's a different yeah. level of enjoyment because I'm completely disconnected. I'm just like, I'm in the game. It's just me. Like I'm on a flight. I'm just buried in this thing, you know, a little adventure game on switch. I played hob recently when I was on a trip and it's this little kind of Zelda like kind of Metroidvania because you've got, you know, it's an action adventure, but as you unlock the world, you'll kind of get different abilities so you can do other things. Um, so it has a couple of those aspects to it. And it was just, it was fun for me to just completely detach and play something different because I typically am thinking about, okay, so if I'm working on my solstice armor, do I need to do a video about the grind? Okay. I'm about to finish it up. Let me see my thoughts about this one. Uh, what's the nightfalls this week? What is, you know, there's always, it seems like you are very active in something that I know a lot of people, it's like, Hey, you get to play video games. And it's like, this is part-time for me because it's not the only thing I do. Um, but it's still one of those, your perspective of playing a video game changes when it is part of what you do for trying to always continue to build a brand. Because basically, if you're not doing something, you feel like you're falling. And as a content creator, you're also responsible for pretty much everything from producing the content to promoting the content to writing the script if you have a script or to determine what you're going to talk about to determine the best branding it's almost like being your own boss and you have so many different facets of content creation that you have to worry about to make sure that everything comes together in the right way yeah i mean it, it definitely stops and starts with you there's nobody else to answer for it so if it's gonna build and grow how much how much effort can you put in? And then I'm sure there are certain points, and that's why I don't want to discount anybody's hard work to say it's like, you know, everybody worked really hard and nobody got lucky. But I know, at least for me, like one of my biggest videos is, it's a whisper video. And it's my solo guide for how to do whisper by yourself. And the stars aligned on that one where, you know, it got a lot of recommendations and the views on it are probably more than I'll ever have on a video. Um, and I don't have a whole lot. I don't have any videos that really come even close to that one. So it's like there are lucky moments, at least for me, that I've had. There was another content creator. Shout out to Pyro Gaming. Great guy. Awesome guy. Um, shouted me out on his channel. That was like one of my first big influxes of subs was something like that with him. Him just saying, hey, got a good content creator, creator out here. And he was substantially larger than me at the time. 
Um, and then, you know, shouts me out and I get a nice little influx of subs. It's like those little moments of somebody shouting you out. Uh, if you say you find this little secret thing and, you know, a bigger content creator says, hey, ch- you know, shout out to this person. They found it first. There's so there's so many things to this game, but there's also a lot of people that cover it. So getting your moment to shine is not an easy thing in any of this content creation, because how many videos are uploaded on YouTube every day? Like a gazillion. <laughs> so it's yeah it's um there's it's um, a very small fish in a big sea so it is it's interesting i'll say that it's been a very kind of eye-opening journey down this whole process that's pretty cool we actually played a raid with pyro and them and everything um oh they're we, awesome yeah 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 they're they're good guys uh we were we were going trying to get that 24-hour completion for Sorrow. Mm. And uh, they jumped in at the last minute. We were at the final boss, but we just we couldn't get it done, unfortunately, within the 24 hours. But it was still really cool playing with them and everything. You know, it's just they're really, really awesome people. Definitely. Yeah, and and the, like, the only thing I can say is for anybody who wants to, make it because, like, make content because you want to. Find whatever drives you. If you're going to bash your head against, like, soloing a Nightfall for five hours and you put out the video and your first one gets you, you know, not even a hundred views. It's like, do that, do that. Cause you want to without any expectation of anything, because I mean, there are people who are extreme skilled and talented who haven't, you know, got the spotlight or started later and people just have a bigger audience. So, well, this video is a hundred views. This popular content creator has like 50,000 views. I'm going to click on this one, even though that other person could have put out a really good video just as well. So, if it's something you ever want to get into and start, it's it is a slow journey. And a lot of what you see when people are bigger, they have been grinding at it so long and hard that it's um, it's the people who are successful are ones who stick with it, who enjoy what they do, who have continued to adapt. Um, there's a there's a lot that goes into it, but it's definitely it's not an easy journey. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah, staying consistent is a very big thing. And, and that's, you know an important thing to stick with it. You might not get hundreds and thousands of followers right away, but if you keep building and you keep working hard and you know what you're about, that's the important thing. And people will recognize that and they will uh, follow you in return and support you in return. So, Absolutely. Definitely. Now, Ivantis, so what do you do when you are not playing Destiny? What do you do in real life when you're not uh, gaming or creating content? So I used to have a different job, kind of a boring, more corporate job. Um, but currently, at least what I've been doing since I, I took a break, kind of wanted to try the YouTube thing. Um, and then I actually fell into and that's what I've been doing since. I'm a fitness kickboxing instructor. So that's my other side of what I do. So it's... Um, it is fitness related, so I'm not going to go into a Muay Thai match and, and win. I would get my butt whooped. But um, it is you know, it's fitness kickboxing, so fitness classes, and I'm an instructor there. I've been doing it for a couple of years now. I've trained most of our staff. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, and it's something I honestly never thought I would do. Nobody would probably call me an introvert generally, but I'm definitely never going to claim to be the center of the party. So the fact that I'm like running fitness classes and doing what I do now has been definitely outside of the realm of what I thought I would do, but it has been a really fun experience. I've enjoyed it. 
That's awesome. Now, yeah. how did you fall into that position? Did did that just randomly happen? Did you meet somebody, or were you always into kickboxing? No, I mean, I really, I've always, it's something like it's a workout I've always heard of. I just kind of wanted to try it. I mean, I did karate when I was like seven or something. I had like a, I don't even know, green, orange, somewhere in the middle realm of the belts, but never did that much. But it's just, you know, always punching or hitting a bag always seems like it would be fun. And there was a place that opened up near us that had a little trial. I tried it. I was a member for a month. And then they were actually, because I was doing just the YouTube thing and it was kind of like a part-time thing. They were kind of mixing up instructors because they were new and trying to find the ones that would fit. And I asked them if they wanted to give me a chance. And after about a month, Apparently, I passed the test. I got my butt whooped for a little while and kind of practiced up. But yeah, I was at that studio for about a year and a half. And then I moved over to the one I'm at now. Same brand of the studio. Just another owner was opening up and went over there to help train their staff and help that one open and been there since. Um, so yeah, it was really just I started working out there. Loved it. And as it kind of fit with the, doing the YouTube and part-time and kind of oddball schedules of both, it worked actually really well. So that's how I... Literally fell into it. I nearly tripped through the door. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to a little bit of Destiny, what would you say is your favorite Destiny moment? Oh, man. Um, In-game moment would have been... So one of my buddies, uh, shout out to Doldris. I doubt he'll ever hear this, but... If he does, um, I've been playing games and known him since height, since seventh, eighth grade, something like that. Off and on, I've known him. And then we were playing and we just decided we were like, okay, we want to try and flawless the raid. And we ended up two manning Crota flawless for both of us. And I know people have like soloed Crota and it's fine. But for us too, we worked on, we just decided like one night be like, hey, let's try this. And it actually came together a lot quicker than we expected. Because we tried on the opening part, kind of figured out how to manage that, got through the bridge, and then within about kind of probably max of four, but probably just a few hours, we kind of got through the end, figured out how to practice Kurota, put the run together, and just for us to like solo flawless a raid and just the two of us together, like, I mean, it's like true teamwork, pairing on each other, you got the sword, okay, you're up there on the wall, you hit the rockets. It's like everybody who played Kurota knows it, but just as it was just the two of us in there. That one was probably one of the coolest for playing with somebody and just kind of that moment of like camaraderie and like one of my best friends. And that was just really, really cool because it was who I was playing with. Just the fact that we like, you know, you're doing a two person raid, which seems to the average person stupid and crazy. And then the fact that we like knocked it out in one night basically was kind of amazing how it all came together. So. Yeah, when you were able to cheese the bridge and everything, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> or like the lanterns. And I mean, I, I think you could still like cheese the lanterns and everything, you know, just, or just run through with a, uh, what is it, a, a blade dancer, you know, go invisible a lot of times, put on your don't touch me stuff. Yeah, so. I can't remember if we did something like that. We might have, I don't remember how we got through. Yeah. Yeah, that one. And then. Just on the content creation side for me, it was just my whisper videos. I was saying what, how the stars aligned and how big that, how many views that video has for me has just been I, just mind blowing. I don't even understand how that happened. So just that video for me, and that's why I had to buy the whisper pin. And that's like one of the few pins I've got, but I had to buy the whisper to commemorate that one. Um, yeah. So that raid and that video, just the secret missions. But the first time I did whisper, I'm like, 
okay, I'm going to solo this thing and just practicing and figuring it out. And then I was like, I want to do whisper, but I want to do it without whisper because everybody show how to do it. And I'm like, okay, what build works for this? And I finally, I tried a couple and yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of memorizing that place, but I got quite good. Your bottom tree striker works pretty good. Like, now okay. it does. <laughs> I did that. One. I was like, I did that video when Forsaken came out when Heavy Emma wasn't dropping in Whisper. That's when I made the video. Was when Heavy was not dropping in there. So it's not yeah. quite as relevant now. But if you can do it following my guide, I guarantee you, you can probably do it now. Mm -hmm. And actually, what we can do is we can put a link in our show notes for your YouTube video so that our listeners can check it out as well. No, well, thank you very much. We'll definitely make sure to do that. Um, and uh, we'll include that in the show notes for this episode. And now, Bontis, what would you say is your favorite expansion slash DLC in Destiny so far in, in the franchise? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, see, I'm always torn. Everybody always says, like, favorite raid, I go Taken King expansion with how taking king was really really cool because we had all like everything got questified we had the like the dreadnought the new destination at least more recent relevance the forsaken expansion in of itself did so many things because it took destiny 2 and basically flipped it on its head it changed the weapon systems we had two new destinations we had the the lore of the barons and aldrin and Cade. it was just there was so much involved in forsaken I think that might have to be my top mention by by a slim margin over Taken King, but I think Forsaken probably takes it with the weight of Cade, with the continuation of the Tangled Shore, us getting the Dreaming City, which we barely knew about until like right before it started. I think it barely leaked. And the way it built into the Raid of Three Weeks, like so much in there that's really, really cool. Like if somebody hasn't experienced that whole journey, Man, that's that's crazy to experience all that in a video game. So no, I I think Forsaken ekes out Taken King just slightly, but I'd probably have to tip that to that one. What about you guys? Where where your where your favorites lie in the world of Destiny's journey? I think it's Taken King for me, um, just because like that fundamentally changed the game too. Um, just like it added so much more story and everything like even after you beat the main campaign, you had the Taken War after that, which um, there was a lot of missions during the Taken War. Um, and then the whole raid, King's Fall, you know, that was, it was a great raid. Um, but I mean, can, can we count Age of Triumph too? Just because, I mean, that's a DLC. It was, <laughs> it was free. It was, you had to buy Rise of Iron and everything yeah. to play it, but that also was awesome. Like Age that of still has the best armor. Yes, yes, it does. Man, don't tell that motorcycle to slow down. That's funny. I have my window closed, too. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like you were, like, right, like, doing the podcast on the sidewalk. Impressive, mic. <laughs> but no, yeah, Taken King, I mean, that's what I was saying. It's, it's tough between those two, because you had, like, the stories, and you had the Taken invasion, and then you had the, all the quests that you ended up having to do. And that was, like, one of the things that we've probably had the most things to do in the game is all the quests that we got and exotic swords and stuff like that. So we had so many things. In so that's why I was like, it's tough, but I don't know. For me, I have a soft spot for like Shattered Throne and the Dreaming City. So it like, it ekes it out, but it's like, but barely. So no, I, I definitely get that one. 
What about you, Cornholio? Man, okay, so I'm kind of torn because I really love the Dreaming City. I really enjoyed Forsaken for a lot of things. I think for the campaign, they did a really good job with creating emotion from the game, right? When when Cade dies, like you could you you feel for him. You're you want to take down the bad guy. You want to take down Ultron. And I think that the emotional connection with the game is definitely more for me during Forsaken than previous expansions. However, I think the Taken King expansion did something very monumental to the game and it changed Destiny in a pretty substantial way. And I think it changed it even more so than how Forsaken changed Destiny 2. So for that reason, I will have to give it to Taken King. Plus, I did kind of enjoy the Taken King raid more. I think the raids were almost, in a way, more challenging in Destiny 1 than they are in Destiny 2, for me. And I I think that was a pretty monumental expansion. Like, we got a bunch of strikes. We we got so many many things with the Taken King. So I'm going to have to give it to the Taken King, but just by a small margin. Well, yeah, sounds like we're probably pretty close. All of us are. Honorable mention for Rise of Iron, though, because uh, the Wrath and Machine raid was awesome. Man. Oh, yeah, that was like, so much fun. Yeah. Like, just that area that that we were in, that the environment was just so amazing. When you went down into that chamber. Oh, man, like, that, that, that giant was... staircase walk was just so awe-inspiring. Yeah, like, I... I I can't believe like they they built that like that was possible even on you know that current gen you know platform and everything and you know that's they were like no we 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 can't build this on 360 and ps3 anymore like the 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 game's assets have like you know taken a step up and not only that like some like the snowy environments like i'm a sucker for good snow so when we were like Mm -hmm. in the plague lands there in the snowy environments and doing the sepics perfected strike like that music that played at Sepix, like, oh my God, amazing. So yeah, the Sepix cool. remix. Somebody even mentioned that on Twitter the other day. And I was like, oh yeah, play that one that's, a lot. That's so good. I think the music in Destiny is some of the best of any other game that I've oh, ever Oh, for sure. Played. Yeah. There's so many pieces of facets about this game. I know I talked about like the art, but you have like just the world art. You have the skyboxes, you have the weapon design, you have the music, you have. Like the writing, you have the voice actors like Morla and you have Zavala and you've like, I mean, people, well, so much of this game is just top notch across the board. It, I don't know. It impresses me how they keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. Going into the fall and into the future, especially with technology becoming less of a hindrance with games, we're having next gen consoles that are going to be coming out next year so consoles are going to have less of a disparity with pcs and it's going to be really cool to see how destiny evolves with the technology and how they can creatively build a destined universe that we all want to enjoy absolutely yeah very curious goes and where this where this game goes in the future because we know we get shadow keep but yeah the future beyond is also quite intriguing what they're going to be capable of throwing at us absolutely 
And uh, as a reminder for our audience, if you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat box and we will be answering them live on the show. So uh, if you have any questions, do let us know in chat. And um, otherwise, we'll move on to our final question of the evening or evening. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's Sunday morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a habit. We'll forgive that one. That's totally so it's evening Marcus, somewhere. It's That's evening fair. somewhere, right? In some location. <laughs> so, Ibantis, what's next for you and your podcast, The Last Word? Uh, for me on my channel, it's getting ready for Shadowkeep. <clears throat> because for me, it's um, the one thing I've been thinking about. I've been trying to figure out a way to really like kind of detach my knowledge and think about new light players. Because you have a whole lot of people that are going to be coming into the game and trying to figure out my best way to steer those people into a brand new journey. So that's probably the biggest stuff for my channel is a lot of the things people we take for granted because we have thousands of hours in this thing. But it's like, what is stuff people don't even understand about this? Or how does this work? Or why do these go? And that's why getting the armor stream is going to be an important thing. So I can understand to explain that. Um, so it's really trying to guide. I mean, Shadow Keep's going to have new content. There's no question. But you also have so many people and a free game like Destiny 2 on Steam is going to have so many people that play it. There's yeah. going to be a lot of people wondering questions about like, hey, what is a nightfall? Um, what is what are these public events and how do I make them heroic? Like, I can't tell you how many blueberries are not going to make the Taken event heroic. That's going to happen a lot. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of things You're that happen. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah. So that is probably just one of those for... For them, but also for hopefully if I can steer a couple blueberries in the right direction. So if I run into one and they're making it heroic, they're doing it right. So, yeah, trying to steer blueberries in hopefully a good direction. And then for the podcast, just keep um, honestly just like going into the fall of what we've got. We've got a couple of good guests lined up uh, working on more and honestly just having fun chatting up with awesome Destiny people. So the more as you guys same with you guys, you guys always seem to have a really good run of guests. Um, the guests are nice because we're a two man show as well. So when we get the third person on there, it kind of gives the, you know, you can have a two to one argument. Finally, it's not just two heads button and stuff like that. So it's nice to get the third party in there and really get to just kind of discuss with people who love the game as much as we do. Um, so that's just, yeah, just keep rocking and rolling on the podcast and hopefully growing as we go. Yeah, it's amazing to see how many, like, there's a lot of people on Steam, like a lot of registered users like in for to be able to play a free game like at, at, of this scope and magnitude like it's gonna blow up <laughs> yeah it's it's absolutely bonkers what's potentially gonna happen and i know because when i talked to um like one or two of the bungee doves they were just saying like they were excited about new light just as much as shadow keep because of the i mean just it's the scale of i mean you take destiny 2 that has the weapon um, system fixes that we had in Forsaken, and they get to experience all of the Red War, which was a cool campaign. Um, Curse of Osiris and Warmind, I know not everybody loved them, but they're still cool journeys, and they still get to do the raids for free, they get to do the strikes, Gambit Matt, like regular Gambit, um, Crucible, they get to do all that for not a dime, just literally logging in, and it's just like, that level of a free game doesn't exist. I mean, you have, I guess I won't say doesn't, when you have cool things, you got Warframe, probably the big competitor, but I mean, those like now that destiny has got a free version, that's definitely really awesome. And then you have stuff like Dauntless, but there's not a lot of free 
large scale games. So I know there's a lot of people, not everyone may love it, but there's going to be a ton of people that try it. Absolutely ton. Yeah, and I think that uh, the cost to entry is definitely going away with the uh, free-to-play Destiny game with the new light. And it's going to bring a lot of people into the Destiny universe, and it will allow for more people to play together uh, with the cross-save functionality being there. And people don't have to spend any money to try out the game, and not only try the game out, but to experience a pretty big chunk of the game at absolutely no cost so i think it's going to benefit our community as a whole it's gonna decrease load times when you're trying to log into a crucible match and you'll have a lot more people engaging in the game and and just playing so you won't have to wait as long to play strikes things like that and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the game changes with a more focus on MMORPG. Yeah, shout out RPG. to somebody in my comments, that's by the way. That's what I'm really excited um, about as well. I kind of threw a fit on the MMO part. Um, Destiny is a, I would say, a shared world shooter, but they kind of were saying it's like the RPG, I would love them to get into the stats and those types of things. But for massive multiplayer online, when you have like six people max in some places, and yeah, you have your social space. But for massive, it's like, they're, they're getting there and maybe with the consoles and things like that down the road, they can get massive. But it was like shared, sh- shared world shooter RPG. I don't know if they quite fit. Cause I just come from world of Warcraft. You have like 40 people in a raid and the town has like 200 people running around. So it's like, it's not quite as, or I don't know, even more than that. So they're on the way to massive, but I just don't know if they quite get the, the big level yet qualification. That was just one of the comments I read recently. And I was like, kind of a fair argument. I was like, I mean, you could probably argue it either way, but it's just, it's funny when the MMORPG and I think World of Warcraft and then it's like this is almost called the same thing. I'm like RPG, they're getting there. MMO, they're slowly getting there. We'll see. I think just the scope of the world, though, is bigger in Destiny. Like you you look out and you can see all the diff- the skybox and all the different mm-hmm. like, you know, formations and stuff, you know, that that takes time to build all of that. You know, oh, that, yeah. that's, Absolutely. you know, it, it's so much more detailed than like a World of Warcraft and everything, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. you know, the intricacies of the guns and, and the enemies and, you know, some of the size of the enemies and everything, like, you know, staring at, staring at Riven, you know, Riven as big as it is when you're flying down the, uh, uh, the chute and everything, you know, it's just the scope is, is, is so big. And then just, you know. From this, the images that we've seen, that shadow uh, fortress, that that oh, that looks thing, amazing. Yeah, some of that art it looks so incredible, and I think like this is probably going to be like the the best looking expansion that we've gotten. Like I think on PS4, I, I want to say that you're going to need 165 gigabytes. So you know, that's on top of you know, it was probably like 100 or something before. So this is going to be pretty pretty substantially big like on the, you know, on the different platforms. Like they put a lot into this from the looks of it. Yeah, I think Destiny and Bungie has put in a ton of effort into making the game excellent for all of us. I think they care deeply about the Destiny community and the game, and they want to make it an experience that we all can love and be a part of. And to make the game our hobby, which is something that it has become for me, 
it's it's a game that I really enjoy playing with my friends, and it's an experience that I can't really receive in any other game, no matter what the game is. I think there's something very special and magical about a Bungie game, whether it be Halo or whether it be Destiny, and that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to play the new content this fall, just as I'm excited to play any new content in Destiny. It's that special experience. The day that the new content comes out, you get really excited and hyped and you listen to the music. And it's it's the whole experience that I nope, think it's, we can't It is really kind of one and of its own. It's an, impressive, it's an impressive world that they've built, and I honestly can't wait to see where they Absolutely. So, Ibantis, you made it through our discussion with the Guardians, and it was so awesome to get to learn more about what you do and who you are, content creator. And uh, we're going to move on to our next topic of the normally evening, I guess, but now it's kind of morning. <laughs> So we're going to talk about the Bungie Weekly Update, or This Week at Bungie. And we're going to go over some of the things that we learned about. We're going to learn about some new things that will be on the horizon for the next couple of weeks as we Good. get closer to the launch of Shadowkeep. And let's talk about some of the things that were mentioned in this week's Bungie Weekly Update or this week at Bungie. And first up, we learned uh, some things about the upcoming migration that will be coming to Destiny with uh, the game moving to its new home on Steam and also with the cross-save functionality being introduced into the game for the very first time. Um, Deej also started out the update by stating something very interesting. He talks about the freedom to control how you look and fight information coming soon. So he kind of hinted that we'll be getting more freedom to control how we look and how we fight. I think that's probably referring to the armor 2.0 update. I mean, I'd agree with that. We know the stream is coming I up and they won't that. tell us quite everything. And there may be changes to fight with regards to finishing moves and stuff like that. But I think I agree the, the how you look and fight definitely plays deeply into armor. So it's around the corner. Do you guys also think that we're going to be getting more changes beyond just armor changes, maybe weapon changes yet again? Do you think that the way that we build our loadouts will change along with armor 2.0? I think some of that stuff will change, yeah. I mean, I think leveling will change. So I, I think um, I don't. I don't know how it's going to change, but I think there's going to be some new wrinkles they're going to throw in there and everything. Um, just, it, it seems like it's going to just based on, you know, all these changes they're making with the armor. 
and everything. So, yeah, you're going to have, be have to power it up. Like, there's an energy meter on it. So. Yeah, I mean, that's some of the, that's my joke is when I sit there and think about armor 2.0, I'm like, okay, so we have exotic armor. Is that going to be armor 2.0? The energy meter, as you said, is that going to be more time spent with the armor? Is that going to be enhancement cores? And then it comes to the mods. Like, does any of my armor now matter? Do I break it down to unlock the ability to have those mods? Do we have to go find the new mods? No, I have so many I, questions. That's not funny. Like, oh. yeah, about all the existing mods we have, like, what what's going to come of those? Everything. So that's why I'm very, very happy they're doing this one first. If they saved like an armor 2.0 right before release, I would have been like pulling my hair out for like a month. So no, the fact that this is on Wednesday is so much better. Yeah, it, it's a big fundamental change, you know, that, and it's nice that they're going to showcase that, you know, to give people because there's so many new people coming to the game. Like it almost makes sense for them to do this. Yeah, no, I. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they kind of need to re-explain how all that stuff works. I definitely agree with the both of you on this, um, and I think that just because we are getting live streams to show all of this stuff off, that to me tells me that there are going to be substantial changes, and I think that. We're going to get changes coming to the armor system. We're going to get some changes coming to the weapon systems with how they work and how you determine their power and how you add modifications to them and how you add skins to all of these things and how shaders work. I think all these things are going to be changing pretty substantially because we're getting an entire stream dedicated to this armor 2.0 so I think we're going to be getting more than that, and it is going to fundamentally change with how the game works. Now, we also know that PC migration slash linking will become available starting August 20th. So you'll be able to migrate over to Steam. Now, I'm actually curious about this, because does it now mean that you can download Destiny on Steam starting on the 20th of August and pretty much migrate your character so you play Destiny on Steam. How does that necessarily work? I was like, just from what I understood is you're going to be linking your account to Steam. So like if you, your purchases and things like that, the connection of what you bought is going to be available. But I think literally right now when CrossSave goes live on the 21st, you're going to be able to, if people really want to, they could boot up Battle.net actually and go play it there if they want to. Yeah, uh, I think this is the onboarding process, basically. You know, to get all the ducks in a row and everything to make it a smooth transition for October 1st. Yeah, I just hope, I was listening to DCP and they said, like, there's a lot potentially going to happen on the 1st because if it's really on Battle.net, the first time you can play... Destiny 2 on Steam is really on the 1st of October. That's going to be a lot of people, like, I'm hoping we can pre-download. Still going to be a ton of people logging in and probably hitting whatever servers they're hitting. And then you have New Light going live on the same day. So I, I just hope, as you said, they have all their ducks in a row. And it would be really, really nice if we could, like, just play Destiny 2, like, through Forsaken or what we have on Steam. Like, maybe the week before, if we could just, so we would have it done. 
so we know everything's there and then just boot up shadow keep as opposed to please pray all of this works on expansion day that's my only worry is it's a lot going on on that day and i think dcp it was briar was saying the same thing just like that's a lot to happen on one day please please spread this out yeah and they've got to make sure those servers are like that their servers are all like ready to ready for this because so many more for new light they're going to be hit hard like that day you know know, just like briar said too. expect there might be cues it's you know it's that could happen (laughs) yeah and and also you got to remember that a big part of the game is changing like moving to a whole new platform introducing cross save you're gonna have to handle a lot more players because of a free-to-play destiny too like they're gonna have to increase how many servers they can accommodate players for because if you have a free-to-play destiny now you're gonna have a lot more people trying to play the game so yeah queue times could be a problem and i really hope they figure out a way to accommodate the increase of players with maybe added servers whatever maybe we'll have be to able to preload to and everything too that's free download yeah. that thing would be really important mm-hmm. yeah and actually me and shadow price were talking about this yesterday and we mentioned the whole file size of the game it's going to be a pretty big expansion based on what they're projecting on ps4 uh i believe they're expecting the game to be 165 gigabytes right now we're at about 103 so that leaves room for about 60 or so gigs well sadly for playstation this can't get and copying like they have to like download it and then copy it over again or something like that so they almost need double the space to be able to function however the playstation installs it's weird but yeah that's always kind of an odd they're they're hitting the constraints of the uh, the current gen platforms. Like it's it's starting to they're starting to get up back up against that wall. So like it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to navigate that. You know, going forward when Shadowkeep comes out and for the new annual pass 2.0 for the seasons to come. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And with this update. We also got some more information about the PC migration. We know that it's going to be available on the 20th. There is also a website link that's available to more information about the PC migration to Steam that's going to be coming on October 1st now because Shadowkeep did get delayed. And they have a frequently asked questions section. A couple of things that they bring up on this page. Uh, Which Destiny 2 purchases will transfer over to Battle.net from Battle.net to Steam? And Bungie states that the move from Battle.net to Steam will include a one-time transfer of all Destiny 2 content that a player already owns these players these will include player accounts destiny 2 expansions silver annual pass etc uh, can players pre-order shadow keep on steam now and link accounts to accommodate the move later the answer is yes 
players may purchase Destiny 2 Shadowkeep from Steam's product page right now on August 20th. We'll welcome PC players back to this page and begin the process of linking their accounts on Blizzard's Battle.net and Steam to facilitate the transfer of content on October 1st. Another question is, what will we find on Steam on October 1st? And the answer is, current players of Destiny 2 on PC will be welcome to continue their adventure in Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, the next chapter in the story. New players will also be able to take their first steps into the world of Destiny 2, New Light. And finally, what happens if I don't sign up to move my Guardian to Steam? Unfortunately, Destiny will no longer be available Blizzard, on Blizzard's Battle.net after October 1st. We hope you'll follow us to our new home to continue your journey. It just wouldn't be the same without you. So it sounds like if you don't transfer you're gonna be out of luck you won't be able to access destiny after October that's, that's 1st. if you're like migrating right i mean if you're already on ps4 like you pretty much right yeah because right. well, this is just of, the uh, pc Steam. migration yeah so that makes sense yeah so we got that then we know that cross save is coming august 21st there's also a web page for that with a bunch of things that they talk about with this um it sounds like silver will not be transferring over from platform to platform so if you have silver on one platform it's not going to move with you. You'll be able to access that silver on that account. Yeah, that's what I've gathered and too. And it will not migrate with cross save. Are you? Um, where do you play uh, primarily right now, Ivanus? PC, pretty much all the time. I know I get crap for it, but yeah, I'm PC. Yeah, we're also on PC. Are you going okay. to be playing other places? Um, um, uh, I mean, August twenty first. It's really hard for me. I honestly tried to like pick up a controller and play Destiny recently. And after being, I played mouse and keyboard off and on throughout my life. And like adventure games like Sekiro and God of War are really fun on controller. But shooters, I always prefer mouse and keyboard. So for me, it's hard to go back. I mean, if there were some people who wanted to, they'd be like, hey, would you want to play? And maybe I could like go do some basic stuff on there. But honestly, see myself mostly on the just because I think I'd be a detriment if I'm like, hey, do you want to raid with us? I'm like, I don't even know how to shoot straight right now. So it does make it easier, though, just being able to take, you have all your stuff when you like play like on those other platforms. As long as you purchase that content, you know. Um, so. Oh, yeah. Cross save is going to be absolutely huge. I think for, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, we had a cool guy on the podcast and he's like, hey, I'm an Xbox guy, but if every so often I just want to, you know, grind on PC because I'm working on it, but raid with my friends on Xbox. Just literally shut one down, boot one up, and same stuff, getting you're good to go. It's cross save is for a game of the scale and level is such a huge, huge thing. Um, that even I know that Bungie people are ultra excited about just that alone, something they've been working on for a long time. And to have that available now is just 
yeah, they couldn't get there for capital R reasons. <laughs> so <but laughs> they're there now. Yep. So looking forward to it. And I know there's a lot of people who will take advantage and there's people who wanted to play on PC and they've just like, I'm a year and a half into my Xbox grind. I can't make that switch. But now if I just click a button, then if they do have the gaming PC and they're like, hey, at least I can do both. I have friends over here and they're used to playing on both. A lot of people will have the option to, you know, see what it's like or just, you know, do some solo grinding stuff on PC and just kind of do their own thing and mix it up. So Honestly, I think for them, as this comes at a perfect time, the cross save finally got implemented when they're independent. The extra copies that people may buy of Destiny 2 to play on other platforms, it's mostly all going to go to them. Unless there's some weird, you know, older deal with like the Forsaken content that was through Activision. But the new purchases hopefully are just going to help support them even more. So if I buy another copy of Shadowkeep on PS4 just to play on there every so often, that's still like going to them. So that's that's a really good thing for them just for those multiple copies people. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to sell a lot of multiple copies for people that want to play both places and everything. So, yeah, I think for me, um, I've been spoiled by PC, to be honest with you. I think that going to console, it would have to improve the frame rates for me to make that a viable option because it's very difficult to go from 140 frames down to 30 sometimes and that's how i see the experience of destiny on console i'm not going to knock it and i i certainly had my start on console when i first started playing destiny in 2014 but it's very tough to go back uh, to playing on console so i see myself sticking with the pc but i do hope we see more of our friends move to pc now that they can bring their characters over from yep, it just opens Xbox a lot of doors and I think it's perfect timing with uh shadow keep being big new light and cross save it's just huge for a lot of people and honestly even for i mean it was listening to dcp obviously i listened to a lot of guardian or uh destiny podcast but um listen to theirs and Briar's just like or if i just want to walk upstairs to the big tv and that's like the one for me i have not played destiny on my tv and while like same i'm on i was like i haven't just done that in so long and even if i just want to like play it like i gotta go grind out 10 crucible matches well let me go sit cozy on the couch for a little while and do that just those types of things if nothing else i'm like because that you can do with new light i can still take my weapons go play crucible matches that'll still count. And it's just like, okay, if I got to go play comp and I just want to sit up there and be a little, little different uh, viewing environment, maybe enjoy the surround sound for a little while. That's something that even for me, it's like, I may be terrible, but it still would be cool. <laughs> just having the option to do that, you know, is like really cool. And, you know, I'm excited to see destiny and how it runs on stadia because being able to play Destiny on your laptop oh or your tablet or any device that, yeah, or a smartphone. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool idea to be able to take Destiny with you on the go. So I really hope that it works really well because I, I would love to have an experience where I can take my, my tablet and just boot up Destiny and continue playing even though um traveling or nice. wherever i may be yeah and we also had another pretty big thing that we learned about in this week's bungie weekly update 
and we got kind of a little bit of a roadmap to the upcoming launch of Shadow Key. And Deej went on to state that players of Def- of players of Destiny have a lot of questions about Shadow Key. We wouldn't have it any other way because we have a lot to tell you between now and launch. This is more than a moon mission. We're kicking off a whole new year of play with some interesting evolutions for the experience. Without assigning exact dates to each moment, here is a sequence of events in the order they will occur that will broaden your understanding of what you'll be playing in October. And first up, we have the director's cut with Luke Smith. Now, what do you guys think we'll learn in this director's cut? Do you think it will be an article? Do you think it's going to be a video? My guess would probably be uh, just the way they've done before, like how they did the new launch window post. I think it's just going to be a separate post on kind of the Bungie.net blog, I would imagine. Just the way he announced the delay of Shadowkeep, just something a lot longer. Yeah, and it's going to be very long, from what he said. Very long and nerdy. He said. So. Hey, give me, give me all of that I can take. Like, come on. I was like, if I mean, I sat there and I talked to one of the uh, Bungie guys when I was in line at Guardian Con, um, and it was uh, it was Danny, and he's a uh, performance tester, and I was asking him about old stuff, like what it was like with threes and things like that, and I just like I went real nerd out with him, and we was just we were talking away, and I was like, yeah, to give me all of that stuff i want to know you know what are the journeys like how what is their how quickly can they get content we saw the thing about lord of wolves getting pushed back because they didn't want people on crunch and i appreciate that by the way um but what other things have they had to potentially either delay or not put in or what's been pushed back farther i'm really curious as to how how open they get yeah the thought process you know why they did things a certain you know this way as opposed to that way and everything, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be really in depth and because there's going to be a part one and part two, like he's not going to be able to get it all in eight pages. There's going to be another, he said, there's going to be a part two to it. So that's very interesting. Yeah. And he did confirm eight pages yeah, and 4,000 plus for the first part. 4, so yeah, that's 8, definitely going to be a re- something crazy. Yeah, so it's it's. I think that we're gonna get a chance to learn about why Bungie and Activision split up, and their reasoning behind making the switch, and how that will impact their uh, game moving forward. They're gonna talk about some of the design philosophies that they had with the game, and some of the plans that they have for the foundation of destiny and how it will yeah. build it's moving be a very forward. Good read. <clears throat> so and then also we have the armor customization preview live stream that is planned. Yeah, Wednesday for I think so. Wednesday, 10 a.m. Pacific. Next week. Um, Wednesday, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's going to be on the 14th. Yep. 
and that's going to be live streamed on Twitch, on YouTube, and Mixer for the first time. Uh, so that's pretty interesting to see that Bungie is also coming to Mixer with this reveal. And that's that's going to probably talk about a lot of the armor changes, how the mod system will be evolving. They're probably not going to talk about all of the different mod you know, abilities that we'll have, but they will dive into how that system yeah, will work yeah, in Shadowkeep. No, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, they're going to give, a, 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 like I said, a preview. You know, they're going to test out these things in the, in the, in the sandbox of Shadowkeep and everything, in the new environment. And they said, you know, how, how these mods are going to play into, you know, our armor and how everything. So, yeah. And I, I think also we're going to get to preview the new UI changes that will be coming with Shadowkeep. I think they're going to show us what the interface will look like, how they're going to change things around and make them feel more fresh and more intuitive for us as players. So I am expecting to see the new director and how all that will play out in the new expansion. And also, um, Deej talks about more shadow key details coming at Gamescom, so that's going to be the next big gaming convention. Like nineteenth and twentieth or twenty first, something like that. When yeah, Gamescom like, is happening. Yep. Okay. So that's pretty soon. So I'm also expecting a new trailer or maybe a, a new Vidoc coming. That'd be cool. With, they'll do uh, Gamescom. I'm not sure. Actually, I didn't think about that. I mean, I can see them doing some type of reveal, maybe a presentation. I mean, a Vidoc would make some sense. If it's been so long, but they did the big one already. So I don't know if they other. <laughs> I don't actually know. It's possible. Like they could go into further details with uh, how you know the armor and things like that. They could start, they could talk about the leveling, possibly. You know, it, it, it it's possible. Um. You know, it's you, people are going to want to like be tuned into some of that. You know, if you're really interested in you know the details. So, yeah, it's it's going to be really cool to see what they reveal at Gamescom, and if we'll get a trailer, if they're going to have a panel. Be talk about segment, the details. You know, the are they going to have there. a separate live stream about it? Yeah, it could be an interview. Yeah, that would be a logical thing for them to do, I think. And then, of course, we did mention the cross-save launch on August 21st that will be coming to Destiny. We don't have too much longer to wait. We have 10 more days. And... um the next ex big uh, reveal will be how seasons will change in Destiny 2 Year 3. That's going to be a really interesting one for me because I think we're going to learn a lot more about how the content will be broken up 
not only with Shadowkeep, but after Shadowkeep launches. And that's going to determine our future and destiny. Like, what type of events are we going to get in the game? What kind of missions do we have with the new seasonal content? How they're going to essentially keep us playing the game as we go from season to season with Destiny in yeah. 2019. Yeah, I'm curious how they evolve those because we've had, I mean, it's been a journey between the seasons between Black Armory, Drifter, and then Opulence coming together. But we know Opulence was made at least in collaboration with um, Vicarious Visions. Yep. Yeah. Vicarious Visions. And then we had Season of Drifter, which was a rocky season, um, or at least by a lot of people's standards. Because not everybody, <clears throat> not everybody loved the singular focus. Me, I had issues with the. Uh, I didn't mind Gambit so much. Reckoning is going to get some tweaks and stuff like that. So I'll be curious to see. And this is why Luke's article will play into this even more. Is like, what have they learned over the past six to nine months of these seasons we've been experiencing, and what is going to push them into the future? And that I'm, I'm very curious as to if it's. And they also said the kind of the idea of less of a you know, campaign story versus like maybe continuing each season as a continuation of the story. So I'll be curious how they take the lore pieces of it as well. Mm -hmm. I think that the lore is, is going to be a big part of the game. I think that they put a lot of focus on lore with this seasonal year of content. And I think they're going to continue with that trend because it's something that really worked and something that, um, players responded very well to. I think the lore is some of the best that we got in the game with uh, the Drifter seasonal pass content. And also even the Black Armory, I think, had some really great lore to it. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the systems will evolve and how our gameplay will evolve, especially with the updated sandbox with us going back to the moon. And the other thing I'm really interested uh, to learn with the new seasonal content is what part of Destiny 1 will be brought back this year. Because Bungie already stated that they were interested to bring back the Destiny 1 experience into Destiny 2. And I think it would be cool for us to get to play on an updated Cosmodrome, for example, or some of the um, other environments like uh, Mars, even, you know, getting to go back on, on Mars and, and all the different locations that are missing or Venus, right? Venus yeah, is another I mean, big one that I'd love the, to go back to. Some of the maps for PVP could possibly come back that were from Destiny 1. Yeah, PvP maps, exotic weapons, maybe icebreaker, hopefully. <laughs> that would be pretty pretty awesome. What weapons would you like to see come back mm. with a future expansion in Destiny? I'd, I'd like to see Pocket Infinity, because that gun has got no love since the beginning of Destiny. It, yeah, literally, that one. I it agree. literally has been stuck in vanilla Destiny ever since. Can I get my hung jury back? Yeah, that'd be cool. Hung Jury was really dope. <laughs> in a point where scout rifles actually feel good. Uh, yeah. And that's a big question, too, even for the fall, is like, what are they going to do with the sand? That's a big one, because that'll change 
what do I even want back? I'm good with hand cannons. I've got a, I've got a few. I've got options there. Um, yeah, I'd like mm-hmm. to see scout rifles get some love. I'd like them to find a way for them to make sidearms more useful. I don't know how, because <laughs> they are just a weird range spot for everything. I mean, I know, give, you know, put a sidearm in like as to cross his hands. He's like, yeah, he's still probably going to kill you with it. But for most people, especially or in PVE, there's not a lot of use for those. And I'd love to find a way for them to do something Side with just a whole, whole definitely had Sidearms definitely had more play in Destiny 1. Like, remember the Wormwood from Future Warfall? That thing yeah. just like wrecked people <laughs> in D1. Um, yeah. I mean, the yeah, I Drake's like, Promise. Yeah. Remember that gun? Yep. That was the exotic. So, I mean, they could create some new sidearms too, you know, that yeah. might actually be pretty decent. Um, I'd like to see autos actually have a little yes. bit more relevance too, because I, I really still like auto rifles. And everything like I mean, they're, they're fun when they feel good. But right now, it feels like I'm just like going through a whole clip to like shoot peanuts at somebody, and that's like, and then I pull out my pulse rifle, and they're dead in three shots. I'm like, uh, that doesn't feel. They don't equate. Like I know pulse rifle will probably outrange an auto rifle, but the auto rifle, even in PVE, should be. It just doesn't feel like it hits hard enough. It really doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like to see my beloved Shadow Price come back since because that gun is just so iconic. Like, you know, doctrine I mean, of passing. Yep, doctrine of passing. The buzzsaw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, for me, I was sitting there thinking of uh, even just I wouldn't mind them going down the road of like class specifics. Like you had Telelock, you had Fabian strategy. Um, not specifically those, even though Telelock was pretty cool. Um, but something truly class specific. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody in this back, game so. always wants like I gotta have everything. Well, then make all three, excuse me, make all three characters or just know that, you know, this one's specialized for this character, because if I'm using Fabian strategy with the Sentinel subclass, it helps my, you know, shield last long. I don't know, but some way to have like a synergy between a class specific weapon and a class subclass. I'd love to see them go down that road a little more as well. Yeah. Having synergy with the weapons and, you know, the the subclass uh, tree and everything. Be pretty cool, yeah. Yep, those sound cool. Yeah, no, I, I'm really excited to see how the sandbox changes with Shadow Keep as well. I think there's there's a lot of weapons they can bring back, a lot of changes they can make with the meta. I think that uh Scout rifles haven't really had too much time shine in Destiny 2, so it's going to be interesting to see how scout rifles are affected. And we'll learn more about that, I am sure, in just a very short time now, when we learn about armor customization during next week's live stream. And we also have another pretty big part of destiny that we briefly talked about and that is the crucible and pvp will also be getting its own reveal which actually is very exciting for me to see how crucible changes and for me this one's kind of um 
an excitement, but also like a cautious excitement because I know that Bungie has been known to kind of ruin Crucible as well. And especially when Destiny 2 first launched, I don't know if that version of Crucible was what they were intending to build. And and it's going to be interesting to see how that changes and evolves going into the upcoming season. Do you guys think that 6v6 will be the main uh well yeah i mean they're gonna i think they're keep this continue with the 6v6 i think the maps are gonna be bigger and more geared towards 6v6 that's and they're gonna test that out with the labs they said with crucible labs making a return they have a chance to test a lot of those things out and everything to see how they're going to resonate with the community and everything so um and just be able to see Widow's Court again, like a map from D1. Like that was that was one of my favorite maps. So having maps like that come back, like, you know, that was just so awesome. You know, I, I think that's going to, you know, ignite people and they're going to, you know, they're going to feel a little bit better about it. You know, I think with some returning game modes and maybe some new game modes and everything. Um, yeah, I... I just in some new maps in general, you know, so just because I do not, I don't like a lot of the maps right now, um, just because I've been playing them for so long. And I just, I feel like the one, the maps in D1 were just better designed in my opinion. I mean, that's just my opinion, but I just, that's, that's how I feel. So I'm excited to see what they're going to reveal um, with this BBP live stream or if it is a live stream, but whatever they're revealing, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that was when you go back to the Vidoc, the stream they did that on, they want to, I mean, they mentioned the foundations of PvP. I mean, you think of Matt, I mean, that's not, as you said, <clears throat> that's more, I mean, are they going to take competitive? Are they going to give it like ranked ladders? I mean, how, we can speculate a bunch of stuff and there's a lot of changes. For me, yeah, the six player, PvP is probably where I see it going, but the, as the maps don't feel quite the same, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like the D1 maps, there were they were built for that playstyle, and then everybody's like, "Oh, I hate fours, I hate fours. So they had to make them sixes, but the maps weren't designed for that. So when you think about, mm -hmm. there is no space, there's no use for scout rifles. Um, there's not everybody's right on top of each other, you know. Yeah, like, so yeah. often. I mean, that's why shotgun apes are so popular, is mm -hmm. because of the map style, especially on a lot of them. The times when I'm trying to sit there and work on revoker kills is like not really a lot of places built for this depending on the map that shows up it's like sometimes i get there and sometimes i don't but it's yeah i would like to see the map variation i mean like first light especially because we're going back to the moon i'd love to see that come back just as Me too. a bigger map especially really give you more space to run around and move that's one yeah. for sure that i would like yeah that was the first pvp map i ever played too that was like in the beta and everything you know it was like very nostalgic you know for that map to come back you know, you'll be able to see the location when you're playing in Shadowkeep, like they said, because you'll be on the moon, and the moon is going to be twice as big as it was in D1. Everything, so. But yeah, I mean, I would be excited to see that map come back. I would be excited to see uh, Bastion come back. Yeah. Skyshock, even. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I love those big ones sometimes. They were just nice, because that's truly when you would be like picked off by a sniper and be like, damn, where'd that come? Oh, yeah, nice shot. <laughs> Yeah, way across the map. <laughs> oh, I love those moments where you're like, hey, I found a good spot. 
and you're looking and you actually find somebody and you tag them from like halfway across the little tiny dot. I mean, that's, we don't have a lot of options like that. And I'd like to see just variety and be like, Hey, this is going to be a close range map. Cool. I get it. Hey, this is going to be a long range map. We don't have those. <laughs> Not really. So I definitely. So, yeah, I would like to see a mix of both, like, you know, maps like Asylum, maps like Anomaly, but then maps like First Light, maps like Bastion. You know, yep. it's Twilight Gap, but the one right in the middle. Now, in terms of um, the maps, I think it might be a cool idea for them to take all the maps that we currently have that were originally made for a 4v4 sandbox and update them to make them into 6v6 maps. So that's just one small way they can improve upon the maps without having to create a whole bunch of new maps and make the maps we currently have more relevant and more um, appropriate for a 6v6 sandbox. The other thing I'd like to see is a lot of the maps return from Destiny 1 because we have 30 plus maps that we can bring forward into Destiny 2 without having to put as much additional work into the game. And I really hope that going into Shadowkeep and the seasons that we'll be getting, they will take some of those old maps and adapt them to. Yeah, I mean, having those, just the, you know, the template for those, you know, obviously it's not going to be a one-to-one conversion for them to bring them, you know, into Destiny 2. They got to upgrade a lot of the assets and things like that, you know, but they already have the template. So, yeah, it would make sense that they could bring some, uh, forth some of those maps and everything. Now, in terms of pinnacle activities, we have not a whole lot in terms of a whole mode that we can play. I mean, you do have comp that you can do and chase after the Revoker and Mountaintop and Luna's Howl. How do you guys think that the pinnacle part of Crucible will be changing this fall? Going to be waiting a little bit longer for that. So... I don't know how will comp, you know, are they can, how is that going to change? Are they going to make some fundamental changes to comp, you know, to make it feel more like trials or like its own, you know, kind of evolve it, like kind of like how Ivana said, like more like ranked ladders and things like that. Um, in different game modes that you'll be able to actually select, you know, instead of just, you know, comp and quick play but i i mean i know they have rumble now and stuff but it'd be nice to get things like rift and elimination and things like that back or just new game modes in general you know so yeah rift would be a nice addition just for another objective mode uh and then yeah just kind of a revamp of comp would be interesting to see if they really would give like ladders or rankings or anything like that to it and just the pinnacle weapons as well the journey there is <laughs> That's a whole debate in itself, which I don't need to open. Or like a true capture the flag mode, maybe even, you know? Oh, yeah, get it and run. Yeah, that'd be interesting. But yeah, both sides work in it. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things they can do. And when they talk about foundations, I don't know if they are. I picture more dedicated servers being something if it's ever going to happen. 
then you got drag races going on outside. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Don't worry about it. Uh, but no, even for something like dedicated servers, which we all would hope for. So things like, um, you know, DDoSing and stuff like that when it comes to comp is just like terrible from what I always hear. And dedicated servers would do something with that. But I don't know if that's more of a Destiny 3 or much larger, you know, piece when they do that is when I ever see that happen. Yeah. Yep. Now there's a lot there's a lot that I could that I'd like to see. I mean, they could be things like changing how, you know, heavy ammo timer spawn and super mods and like super timing. And I've seen a couple of people recently just be like, you know, take heavy like make comp more skill based. So I mean, yeah, quick play can be fun and super timers are more often, but if you're in the comp, it's more about the skill of your guns and yeah, you can use your abilities, but you have to be a little strategic with them. Stuff like that would be nice to actually make those modes feel different too. Yeah, and I, I definitely see dedicated servers becoming a possibility, especially with Destiny launching on Google Stadia. I think that definitely opens the door for dedicated servers being in the game. Um, also, I think that the the pacing of the gameplay is going to change too, especially with how heavy spawns and how you get your ammo. I think we're going to see some pretty substantial changes because that's an area where the game definitely needs improvement, I feel like. So I'm curious to see how that evolves going into Shadowkeep. And also, I'm curious to see what new game modes can become available in Destiny because we haven't had too much new variety in new modes. So I'm definitely hoping that we get at least one or two new game types in the upcoming expansion. I agree with all of that. Any and all of that would be great. <laughs> that, that would be pretty... Yeah. And um, we also know that uh, there will be a event called Invitations to the Crucible at PAX this year. And that's going to be Bungie's final stop before the launch of Shadowkeep. So I imagine we'll get a chance to play whatever new Crucible activities will be available. Maybe we'll get a chance to play some new modes. Maybe we'll get a chance to play some new maps at PAX. Um, and that's going to be the final stop. I believe it's uh, going yep. to be PAX West. Yep. And then uh, Deej does finally state that uh, the rest will be packed into the last mile during September. Those are big ticket items that we plan to cover in depth. But it's not the full list of everything we'll talk about. We'll hear from Luke a number of times as we tackle these topics, referring to Luke Smith, beginning early next week. Thanks for the thanks for going on this journey with us and watch this space. So we'll be learning much more about Shadow Keep in the weekly updates that are coming in the weeks ahead. And also uh, Luke Smith will be posting a separate kind of like State of Destiny style article um, early next week uh, before the weekly update is out. 
And then also they did talk about Armor 2.0 reveals that will be happening on August 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We did talk about that, and it's going to be launching on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. And um, we'll be able to learn more about the uh, different builds that are ideal between your Hunter, Warlock, and Titan. We're going to learn more about mods, artifacts, and ornaments and how to build, quote, our perfect monster-killing machine. And that's going to be happening very soon, um, yeah, just August, early next Wednesday. week. Uh, I want to say Wednesday. So that's going, to be, that's going to be exciting. So we're definitely going to talk about that next week on the podcast. And then finally, they did talk about Solstice of Heroes. That's live right now. Uh, European, European Aerial Zone that's open. And um, also, we will have some new requirement changes that will be coming to Solstice of Heroes uh, with the mini boss kill requirements being reduced from a hundred to fifty. So I'm sure for anyone chasing all three armor sets with the solstice armor, that's going to be a welcome change. And uh, what do you guys think about this change? Do you think it's a good change for them to make with yes, reducing? <laughs> I mean, I've done, I've done the grind, you, and as you, you go through kill? the blue, and if you do it kind of naturally, this was the one outlier. I was done with everything, and I had about 50, like, about 48 bosses to go, and I was like, if that was half, that would have been about perfect. But everything else lined up pretty decently. I mean, you got to do your gambit matches and stuff like that. And this was even something I talked about on our podcast, was, like, the gambit matches, everybody's, like, seeing AFKers more on PC, because AFK bots are easier there. But, I mean, they could have changed the gambit matches to say, hey, you got to kill... 250 enemies in Gambit and deposit 50 moats. Like moats, you know, don't make them too crazy, but just do something to where you have to be active. And I think this is why when they change to where if you kill the final boss, which is later down, you get five points on top of the mini bosses. That's a way to keep people in the matches as well. And those are just little things that people, people will always find the most efficient way. But if you give them incentive to actually stay and finish the activity, then they'll do it. Same thing of if you have to complete a match, in gambit or if you need to just go shoot enemies because somebody could be like hey i'm not that skilled i'm not great at invading can you shoot things in the face even if you don't have to pick up that many moats okay go shoot stuff like there are ways to make people be active but not make it difficult in the grind and i think that's little tweaks but yes this absolutely i'm supporting i agree with all that yeah absolutely i think it makes the grind a lot more manageable especially for those of us who have three characters to play on so I think it's going to be a welcoming change to the game. Now, do you guys think it's fair for the players who already completed this? Like, is this a good way for them to approach the game where they set one requirement and then change it shortly after? Because, I mean, in a way, they are being quick to respond. But is this a fair thing to do? I mean, do the people who liked it, in my opinion, the they knew what they had to get into. And the people who wanted to space it out, they get to space it out a little more. But I mean, the people who are going to know life it, we're going to know life it either way. Because I mean, there's some people I saw when I was gone over the weekend, like three days in, and I was gone for three more, and they were done with all three characters and had the spare. I'm like, 
one week you had no. <laughs> so, I mean, whether it was 50 or 100, they would have done it. So, I mean, for those type of people, I mean, yeah, it's a little unfortunate that they, did, they didn't balance it quite right. But, I mean, they're done with it, so what are you going to do? It's the same people complaining about changing the Windigo and the Mountaintop. How long have you been enjoying that weapon? Did your TV go on sale, you know, two weeks from after you bought it? Life goes on. You got it. You enjoyed it. <laughs> That's one of those things I've seen come up more frequently. And, like, just a random topic about, oh, Destiny's now free to play. Why don't I get it for free? How long have you been playing this game? Some of the arguments I see are real questions. So, no, I mean, the change kind of sucks that, like, they didn't balance it quite right. So, I mean, that comes to testing and things, and they want to make sure people are in the European aerial zone. And I understand people are like, oh, that was a hell of a grind. But in turn, I don't think the ones who already got it should feel that been out of shape because it happened. Because this is one of the faster things that, you know, Bungie will change something this quick. This is pretty impressive for them. And we, we know they're generally kind of slow on trying to get changes and make sure their data's right and all that stuff. And they want to make sure it's right. This one, they're just like, nah, cut it in half. So... Yeah, they've been a lot quicker to respond to not only player feedback, but a lot of the issues that existed in the game. They're much quicker to respond and to fix things and to adjust things when they are necessary. And I do agree, this is a case where I think it's a much more manageable grind. And it will allow for more people to complete their solstice armor so i think it does benefit things um I, I certainly hope we don't get you know changes like oh well you no longer have to complete things with a clan i think those are requirements that are in place to make the game challenging so if you don't have a clan it challenges you to go out there and find a clan in order to masterwork all of your armor and to finish the solstice season on all three of your characters. And we also know that the final EAZ boss will now grant you a plus five progress in your quest when you uh, try to get your boss skills. So that's further incentive to play through the EAZ and to not back out after you kill the mini bosses and to actually kill the final boss. So I think Bungie is very um, adamant about keeping us in the game and encouraging us to complete the entire activity rather than do yeah, one part of the activity and then back out. the issue that hopefully that will help with because, I mean, you didn't have nearly the, you didn't have an incentive to kill the final boss besides getting the chest, but the chests don't give us very much. I mean, it could have been even, you know, 40 mini bosses and 10 major boss kills. Something like that would have been a way to make people stick through the map. And those are little things Bungie tends to keep learning as their community is efficient as it is. <laughs> because they will always find the fastest and best way. If you don't find it, they'll find it for you. But at least they're getting better at adapting when that happens. Yeah, and it's good that they're incentivizing us to complete the entire encounter so now they saw that okay well we're not incentivizing you enough to finish the entire activity they're looking at okay how do we rather than punishing you 
incentivize you to make it worth it so you play through the whole thing so i think that's a definitely positive change to help us complete the activity because it, it sucks when you're trying to play through the whole thing and then like you're playing with one guy in the group and then you finally get to the boss phase and one or two people just dip out because they're not interested in do in finishing the fight so it's for the better in my opinion and finally we did learn this week in the weekly update that the refer a friend program will be retired after august 21st so if you are trying to complete the refer a friend um program to get any of the rewards from that you have until august 21st before that program will expire with the upcoming launch of the free-to-play version of destiny with new light did you guys um do the refer a friend program yeah i did it with my co-host actually when he came to pc so i actually did get to do that one yeah, I'm actually in progress on that one. I introduced one of my friends, Joe, to Destiny, and um, we never got a chance to finish the quest line. It it always seems like there's new things to do in Destiny that kind of keep your attention away from it. So um, definitely before the time expires on august 21st i will have to finish my refer a friend mission and shadow price what about you did you <laughs> do the refer a friend uh storyline no i didn't couldn't find anybody <laughs> it's all good i think they gave you like a ship and a sparrow and like an emblem something like no, that i think you got borealis you got an emblem or an ornament for borealis yeah, it was nothing too crazy. If you have, yeah, if you got Borealis, you're not missing too much. Yeah, so that was the weekly update, and we do have a tradition on the show where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one and five. And one being that the spicy tuna roll probably needs to go back to the kitchen, and five being best spicy tuna roll you ever had so i guess ibantes um let's have you kick things off how would you rate this week's bungee weekly update between one and five spicy tuna rolls uh i think i'm gonna have to give this one uh about a 4.5 spicy tuna rolls mostly because they um actually had the audacity to kind of shat on the titans in the PC stream video. I was not thrilled about that since I actually mostly play Titan. Uh, but we got cross save information. We got the roadmap. We got my stream that I'm totally looking forward to. So I think the mod stream, the armor stream alone, made the guy up there. Uh, all in all, they've probably had bigger ones, but it's pretty solid for me. Four, four and a half. Yeah, I think I'll have to echo that sentiment. I mean, I was I was struggling between four and four point five as well but with all this information that we got you know with the reveal stream coming a roadmap you know uh, all, all that i think i i think i'll have to also give it a 4.5 as well 
Gonna get the trifecta. What do you got, Cornholio? Oh, man. I'm probably gonna have to do the same thing. It's gonna be unanimous this week. 4.5 out of 5. I think that we got a chance to learn about the upcoming roadmap with Shadowkeep and everything that we'll be getting. I think that is great for them to give us you know, a very clear idea for what we can expect between now and Shadowkeep in terms of reveals. And that's great. And I think we're getting a lot of reveals too between the director's cut, the uh, armor customization preview, uh, Gamescom, and everything else. I think that's all great. I also really appreciate the fact that the cross-save feature is coming well before October. So that's pretty nice to see them introduce that into the game and give us an exact date and that it's happening so soon. I mean, we're about 10 days away. So that's really great. Uh, they also touched on the uh, Armor 2.0 uh, reveal and giving us a date for how soon that's going to be taking place. So that was great to learn about. And I like the changes they made to the mini-boss kill requirements as well. So all in all, I think this update was very positive. I think it covered pretty much everything that I feel they could have covered. And I think they answered as much as they appropriately could without giving us too much, but also without giving us not enough. So... I think uh, it was a really solid update. I would give it a 4.5 out of 5 spicy tuna rolls. And I think they that uh, Deej did a really great job with it this yeah, week. Yeah, I think next week's going to be about a 7, but we'll get back to that. Yeah, I was, I was thinking the same thing. Just like the combination of everything like is just yeah. going to shoot through the scale. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be off the hook next week. I'm so excited to learn about what's to come. And to get uh, to read Luke Smith's uh, yeah. article about the future of Destiny. So, Guardians, I think we've come to that time where we get to wrap things up for the. You almost said evening again, didn't you? <laughs> he caught and, it. He uh, caught it. <laughs> I almost did. I did not. I caught it just in time. So, Ivantis, thank you so much for being on with us. It was such a pleasure hanging out with you and talking about Destiny and the future of the game and to learn more about well, thank you. you pleasure is mine, too. Always enjoy talking about Destiny. Glad to see... I mean, glad to see Destiny shows doing well. So, I mean, it's definitely a good thing. And, um, yeah, I'm mean, glad to be able to actually fit it in my schedule, jump in and uh, help you guys um, in that point as well. So, no. It was a pleasure. It was fun. So, I mean, I'm easy to find. If anybody's yeah. looking for me, it's Ebontis. E-B-O-N-T-I-S. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. I'm not hard to find. I'm the only one. It's the nice thing about having a weird name. Not a lot of repeats out there. There are perks. <laughs> the one and only Ebontis on YouTube, on yep. Twitter. Yeah, stream and are you on Twitch so. as well? Perfect. So you can find him on all platforms and do make sure to check him out. He has some really good videos on how to solo 
many different things in the game and how to uh, play all the end game content. So do check out his channel. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? Uh, Twitter at ShadowPrice79. And uh, also here on Twitch, uh, The Destiny Show. Awesome. And you can find The Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting channels. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and the list goes on. You can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com. And you can find us on Twitter at our new Twitter home at Destiny Show P.O.D. Um, and thank you so much, Guardians, for tuning in. We're going to be live again this coming Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific. And we're going to welcome a special guest on the show, Welfare, who is the founder and creator of the largest Destiny LFG community on Discord. So we're going to get a chance to hang out with him this coming Thursday to talk about the Discord community that he built. And I think they have like hundreds of thousands of members who are part of it. Uh, so it's one of the best communities for LFGs in Discord and in Destiny. And we're going to have him on the show next week. And Guardians, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Destiny Show Podcast. to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Have you given Robots Roundtable a shot yet? This is the new show where the hosts from the Robots Radio Network podcast, all of your favorite hosts, get together every week and they talk a little bit more deeply about some of the things going on in the games and the things that they're enjoying recently. So if you're looking for a fun show talking about games, entertainment with all of your favorite hosts and also a really wacky competition at the end of each episode, give Robots Roundtable a shot. It's available on iTunes and Spotify and basically everywhere.